What, what, uh, sorry, what, what's going on? Why is everything so so muffled? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'll have a look. Mm. Oh, you know this is the open, right? Yeah. I think then we might need to replace the tin opener. Because if you look, like, it's oh. scored around some of the edges. Oh, we haven't quite, haven't yeah, quite opened. hasn't quite opened uh. all the way around. The, uh, all the uh. way around. Oh, okay. I guess we could try again. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast for two queer trans women, that's us, we're already types, have a bit of a catch-up about the media we've consumed in the week, and do some silly voices and skits and try and make each other have a bit of a giggle. Mm-hmm. It's just us having a bit of a silly time. laugh, innit? How are you doing? Oh, I'm a sleepy little bean, how are you doing? I'm also a sleepy little bean. It's sleepy bean o'clock here. It is sleepy bean o'clock. It's a sleepy bean o'clock in this household. And yet we've got a podcast to do. Well, we do indeed. What have you played this week? What have I played? I've, I was going to say I've not played a lot, but I, I feel like... I played a decent amount. You played a few things this week. Yeah, so we finished a board game we've been talking about a little bit. We ha- we did, yes. We finished Vagrant Song after yes. 22 games, I think it was. Yep. Uh, we've talked about this board game before. It is sort of like the same one map of three train cars every time you play, but it's a sort of grid-based... Uh, d- uh, do various little quests and fight, fight, fight things. So uh, vaguely tacticsy. Yeah, sort of top-down tacticsy game. Um, I feel like having finished it, our opinion has been like largely pretty consistent. Although, like maybe our opinion's gone up a little at the end. Uh, in that it is a game that mechanically, I think we were both surprised at how much variation they found out of a limited tool set and map set. Especially towards the end. We we got some really interesting stuff with um, just weird mechanics about moving things around in different ways. The last couple of missions, there were some really interesting ideas that felt like they took into account the journey we'd been on and sort of made that relevant to how our journey ended. Yes. Uh, Also, though, I would argue that in those last two, especially the penultimate one, I feel like it tried to do way too much. I, I agree with you that like the execution maybe was a little much, but I appreciate the ambition of the idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the way that, that it was tailored based on uh, how we had played the game so far and, and stuff like that. It finally explained a thing that we had been sitting in the box going, don't look at these... Yeah, like there is a deck of cards in the game, and it's just like you don't need to look at those. Don't worry, and it's yeah. quite early on in the manual. I I like that this game's balance has a bit of a. There's sort of two things happening with the balance as you build toward the end, where one mechanic is making things more difficult for you because you're doing well, mm-hmm. but you're also getting better gear and yeah, better stuff. And you know, there's also something that's going to be a little easier later because of that. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a neat balance. Yes. Um, the critiques of, like, the theming and setting and oh, stuff yes. uh, remain. Uh, what was the YouTube channel that did that video? Uh, no um, pun included. Did a, yes. a, a wonderful uh, video about the Vagrant Song, the history of hoboing and, and so forth. Yep. Uh, well worth a watch. It, it's As we've said before, it's not a game we would have bought. No. 
and it's not a game that I would go around suggesting to people to go and buy. No, but if somebody else owns it, or if somebody yeah. else comes into possession of it, perhaps you'll it, come into possession of our copy one day. It, it is a perfectly resettable legacy mm-hmm. game. Like there is, yeah. the back page of one of the books is for marking things off, but you can just go on the website and print off other ones so that yeah. like you can hand fresh. Uh, I'm sheets probably going to print like ten copies off. Just shove we them send in the box. In, yeah. yeah, that seems wise. Um, mm. But yeah, it's having had it bought for us. Yes, I had a really good time with it, Absolutely. despite its problems, and I am excited to pass it on to other people so other people will get a chance to play it without more copies being purchased, (laughs) which is always a weird situation to be in when being like, I recommend, if someone hands this to you, I recommend playing it, but I don't recommend purchasing it. Yes. I, I, I wish the company that made it luck, and I hope that they will maybe consider a bit more in, in future the historical implications of the very real world things that they are trying to yeah. make a story about, or using as a as a framework, rather than making even, yeah. rather than even making a story about that, that's just yeah. their framework. Really, cultural consultancy is a really important step oh, in yes. talking about things that are not your lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, had had a good time with that game, even if it's like its balance is a little wonky in places. It yeah. has it has some rough spots, but it's a it's an interesting game mechanically for sure. I, I imagine it is very different at four player. Agreed. We played this through the entire thing with two. It does talk about the fact that you can add and remove people as much as you want, pretty much. Yeah. There were certain things that were definitely more challenging for us by virtue of there only being two of us. Yes. I mean there there were things that sort of went you only need one per player of X item, or yeah. you need to do do this once per player. That- All the uh, hate health when on on uh, le- yeah. yeah levels on on levels where there are um, like a particular hate that you've got to bash the humanity back into. Yeah, like those scale according to player I, count. I recognise there is some scaling, but I also feel like having additional people in additional spaces on the board mm-hmm. more spread out. Oh yes. I think would more than it, more than balance for that. Yeah, but then you've got other things where there. I mean, obviously, I wasn't always reading the whole thing out to you, but there have yeah. been occasions where it's been like, if there are X number of people in a train car, or if there are people within X range of of someone else, like a lot of that could have pinged off really badly in um, higher density play accounts, especially if you've also got the runaway who's got the the pup. And the pup who would potentially act as a, an, another vagrant further um, making things like that um, difficult. But yeah, um, fascinating. Uh, a bit emotional towards the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely had its moments. Um, like, I, p- people have said this is replayable, and I think you could replay it with different characters, making different decisions, and maybe see things slightly differently. I don't want to, because, no. like, a good game of Undertale, I'm happy with the ending I got. So, I agree with you. Um, I think, I've been thinking about games that I would or would not want to play again uh, a little bit since we finished this. Yes. Um, and the one that I was sort of thinking in comparison to, like, somewhat recently was, um, um, uh, 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 Emily? No. Uh, is, uh, is missing. Person Alice is, miss- is missing. Alice is missing. I want to say Emily was missing, and I was like, that's not right. Alice is missing 
I could see myself more going back and replaying mm-hmm. at some point in the future. Yes. Because of the amount of like yourself that you can put into replaying that. Whereas this, yeah. there is a large amount of you would be go- doing the same things and it wouldn't be unfun. Mm. But part of the experience of this is not knowing whether interacting with a certain event on the board is going to be good or bad for you mm-hmm. or um not knowing what some of the puzzles are and yep. like the, the particularly i think about the uh that there was that puzzle toward the end where we were stuck in the middle train car and we were trying to move things around yes that would be a lot simpler if right from the get go we knew yep. what we were doing yeah yeah and i, I don't, think and i don't yeah. think there's any avoiding that one whatsoever yeah i think there are a fair few things in this where you would go i am enjoying this but i'm having a lesser experience the second time round because i know yes and that's not a critique, but I, this isn't a game I would replay. No. And, like, we got pretty much the best ending, like, the second best possible yeah. ending. Um, we, we did some things that we got, we did one thing that just got us, like, a, a little chapter or, or, like, a couple of paragraphs of, like, hey, you did this thing. We're just going to give you a little bit of text. I don't even think it was a bad ending. It was, we made a choice. And we felt satisfied with the choice we've made, yeah. even uh, if... No, I, like, yeah. we got the second best ending. Like I say, it wasn't yeah. wasn't a bad ending at yeah. all. The only way we could have had a better ending is by playing the game absolutely perfectly. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think that would have necessarily... I mean, it was that it. or be a bit more selfish at the end, which was not yeah. how we wanted to play it. No. But yeah, good good game if it happens to fall into your lap. Yes, and maybe our copy will fall into your lap yeah. at some point. We are putting it out into the world we're, now. We're, we're, we're encouraging whoever we pass it on to to pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. Oh, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was what we... That was uh, what, our Christmas gift? Yeah, yeah. I think we got it just, just in the new year, just yes. around the new year. So, yeah, that was a good three months or so yeah. of, like, whenever we didn't have anything else that we were, like, in the mood for yeah. we were just like yeah we'll get a couple of games of that out on a on yeah. a saturday afternoon yeah i think i think we got good value out of that indeed yeah. so tell us about the thing you've played uh the main thing i've been playing this week is i've been replaying the legend of zelda breath of the wild i have too yeah i started a new playthrough on master mode oh my uh which is the dlc hard mode for that game uh i'm i'm getting a lot further in master mode than i did last time because i'm gonna tell you i made the mistake i've been streaming this yes and a bunch of people have been talking about their experiences with master mode and everyone made the same problem as me which was don't kill too many things no 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 the problem is going oh yeah yeah i'll do them i'll do the trial of the sword but on master mode the thing that gets you the unlimited use master sword right and doing that on, trying to do that on master mode has killed including myself so many people's <laughs> enthusiasm for master mode and gone oh no i can't do it it's too hard ah i mean to be honest i couldn't do that on standard mode yeah on master so the problem with master mode uh not only are enemies, do they have, like, more health and they deal more damage, mm-hmm. the big thing is they have a degree of health regen. Yes. Uh, and that means that strategies for trying to slowly whittle away health yes. of an enemy do not work. Yes, there's uh, far less of this, I'm um, just going to kite you around, throwing yeah, bombs at you and hoping for the best. Exactly. Now, bo- bosses do have some degree of, like, thresholds. I think it's, like, at, like, 75%, 50 and 25% where it might be at, like, form changes. Yeah. Where, like, if you get them below that amount and, like, a little past that, they won't regen back up that uh, past mm. that threshold, which is appreciated. Yes. But it does change the way you have to play. Um... 
But this time I was like, I'm not going to worry at all about the Trial of the Sword mm-hmm. uh, because I know that that's just going to, I'm going to get fixated on it and it, it's going to give me a bad time. Yeah. So I, I, I did what I always like, I, I, I like doing Breath of the Wild. I went and unlocked, unlocked all the, the map towers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like right at the start of the game, if I happened to walk past a shrine, I'd activate it. But yeah. just like, just get all of the map uncovered and like my, my fast travel points. Mm-hmm. And then I went and did all of the divine beasts straight away, so that I could go to the DLC Ballad of the Champions stuff, so that I could get the motorcycle. Because in my main playthrough of Breath of the Wild, I got that horse motorcycle right at the end of the game when I had no reason to use it. And I wanted to have a playthrough of this game where as early as possible I had the horse motorbike so I could actually use it. And I think I had less than 40 shrines completed when I got the horse motorcycle, so now I can do most of a playthrough with the horse motorcycle. Yeah, I mean, I've literally just unlocked it as well. Um, I, I, was, I didn't think I'd actually got through Battle of the Champions previously because I know I was having trouble with one particular puzzle. Hmm. Partly because the guide I was looking at for it suggested a solution to it that I could not get to work. Yeah. And um, I have since found a different solution for it. Yeah. And I got that in like two minutes. <laughs> but then we got to the last, the, that last um, trial, that last dungeon. Hmm. And I was like, I swear I've done this before. And I have. Yeah. I must have done it at some point in the end after bashing my head away on that freaking dungeon yeah. for long enough. But I eventually got it and I remember getting it and getting the, the cycle and going, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to go and do all of the side quests and I'm going to do it on the cycle. And I realized I was chewing through all my monster bits and I need those for like all the, uh, is it Kilton? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, I need all, all the stuff for, like, that whole side mission. Yeah. So it doesn't seem worth it, necessarily. So, you're probably right. And I will say that I have a, uh, a, a, a level four spurs horse mm-hmm. with the armor that gives it some extra spurs. Yeah. Uh, that I can also teleport it to me wherever I am rather than just in range of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in theory, that's probably a better use of things. But also, we have a stack of amiibo uh, amiibo cards. We do. And I, my my logic has been, I've defeated all of the hardest things in the game. I really don't need to worry about food for a while. I'm just going to use all of the thistles and fish and meat and assorted food that this is throwing at me. I'm okay. just going to feed that into the motorcycle. And so far, that has been fine. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I've mostly just been cooking the meat and not doing any other cooking. Yeah. Because, like, for two bits of meat, that can yeah. do you, what, six hearts? And I might not stick with it long term, but I want the option of the horse motorcycle. Yeah. I want to know I can use it. <laughs> and at night, it's cool because it's got the headlight on it. And oh, I do yeah. I do appreciate being able to see where I'm going and sort of go up, uh, sort of up and down uh, inclines a bit more easily mm. without the horse, like neighing and being like, no, nah, I don't like that. So, I can't remember, does the horse the horse motorcycle is fully your control? Yes. Right, okay. Because yeah. the one thing I really do appreciate about the horses is you can just go, okay, you're on a road, you're going to follow the road for a while now. So, I appreciate that sometimes, but I also... That's uh, a good example. Uh, there was a nighttime moment, and I was trying to get to a star fragment that I could see had fallen from the sky, yeah. I saw the little beam of light, 
and it was over a bunch of like uh, quite turbulent terrain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I try and ride the horse towards that, it's going to keep complaining that it doesn't want to go up because it's slightly yeah. too steep. Yeah. This motorcycle, it's dark. I can just beeline it with my little headlight on and jump over the things and bounce. Mm. That worked really well. And I like having it as a tool and an option, even if it's not going to be my all the time. Mm. That said, I do, I did enjoy the Champions Ballad stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I think you enjoy that that final challenge. I, I, I really like the boss fight. Uh, that that final boss fight, I found it really satisfying. It is tough as nails, yeah, but it felt really good to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that final dungeon, I thought it was a really neat, um, one consistent space that had a big clear theming to it. I like yeah. that, like the control you had on the map screen was just this way or that way. Mm-hmm. And how much they did Clockwise with that. Anti-clockwise, which way are we turning this? Yeah. It's one of my favourite dungeons in Breath of the Wild. I think it it's might great. it might be my favourite. I like it a lot. It's got some um, really clever ideas. I think they did an yeah. amazing job. Uh and I think that the the bl- the the Ganon Blight rematches that are part of the, the Champions Ballad are pretty well balanced as a challenge. Uh other than Water Blight, which gives you nothing to work with. Water Blight is <laughs> uh, Water Blight is the one that just throws Throws the ice stuff at you. Actually, yeah. I, I found that one way easier than some of the others. It, it, my problem is always lightning. Yeah, that that dash towards you thing. I oh. can never get like a good parry or a dodge or anything off of that. Yeah, and it just what? frustrates me. The problem with water in master mode is because you have to keep waiting for water blight to back away, and like you've got to wait for him to be sending his ice blocks to you again to get another op- like a good opening to stun him. Because, like, in the rematch, you're only given ten arrows, which is not enough to, like, just keep shooting him in the eye to stun him. Uh, so I was trying to do this strategy of, like, stasis the ice, knock it back at him to stun him. Yeah. But, like, waiting for him to do that and doing it and getting back to him was taking too long and he was regenning health too oh, much. Wow. Yeah. And, like, that was a really frustrating one to do with limited resources. Mm. Um, I like all of the shrines in the Champion's Ballad. I think that they are... Definitely some of the toughest shrines in the game, puzzle-wise. I, I like all of them but one. One yeah. being that fucking... The one that I struggled with previously. So, I can't remember what it's called, but basically you, uh, you've you got a ball dropping in from the top, and you've got a wall of water, and there's like a couple of little notches that the ball oh, can Oh, that bullshit, the pachinko one. Yes. Yes. B- because the solution... I had the idea for the solution and tried it, and it didn't work. And then it didn't work, and I was like, I must be doing something wrong, and tried to find a different solution. I was like, no, that is the solution. You just have to be so perfectionist with your positioning. So the one the one I originally tried to do that I was told worked was you block the first three, yeah. and oh. then you um like as it gets to the third one, you switch uh one to the fourth position, and then it will roll up and over across the top. <gasps> And out. Oh. Which is not the solution. No, that's... Because it doesn't have enough momentum to keep going That's not what I did. I did the first two, and then when it's bouncing down, I tried to position one so that it, like, knocked into it on the left and reflected, like, bounced back to the right into where it needed to go. So I think it's block the first one or the first two... Then you put a uh, an ice under one of the pivots so that it doesn't go the wrong way. And then you just put a block sort of just hovering at the bottom. Yeah, but the positioning of that last block is really fiddly. Well, what uh, what the uh, walkthrough that I think is the same walkthrough you were looking at suggested was that you 
put one in one place and then you put quickly put a fourth one in that will replace the first one at the very last second to get it to bounce in the right direction. But somehow I managed to put that in a position where without moving the top one, it just bounced straight in from that position. I was like, I spent months on this originally. <laughs> well, there we go. Breath of the Wild, I'm really enjoying replaying it. It's yeah. been nice to get back into the rhythm of it. It has, and I'm glad I've got Champion's Ballad out of the way now, because yeah. I've, I'm on 91 Shrines. Like, I was yeah. on 91 Shrines for a while, because I, I started my playthrough again, I think, just before UDP, and yeah. um, it's been nice to sort of go... I kind of forgot about it, we were very busy, but it's been nice to sort of get back to it a little bit and yeah. see if I can squeeze those last, uh, what, 30-something yeah. out before, uh, before May. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm kind of glad I did the Champions Ballad first as well because if nothing else, it means that like I have the quick recharge for being able to mm-hmm. jump, go up into the air if it's raining, uh, and being able to use Ubosa's Fury like lots of times really quickly, which yep. is good for like farming uh, guardians early on to mm-hmm. like get some of the gear for that. I'm gonna uh... need. It's Ubosa's Fury is really good against I guardians. I always forget to use that damn it, move. It stuns them so effectively. Yeah. And if you go in with like a big two-handed weapon and start spinning around, like one Ubosa's Fury and a heavy spinning weapon, you can just start taking legs off those things. It's nice. great. I uh, usually go with um, Revali first because I just like the being able to move that fast across the map with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Breath of the World. We're both replaying it and we're both excited for Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. What about you? Did you play anything else? I've I've been dipping back into Planet Crafter. Yeah, they, they got me again. I was like, <laughs> I, I I think I got to the end of my last sort of massive playthrough and was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop here and I'm going to wait for the full game to come out. Yeah, and that was the plan. And then they released a seasonal event for the first birthday of it being in early access, and I was like, I want that cake. <laughs> I was like, cool. There's a cake. I want the cake. I will go and find the cake. I almost immediately found the. Uh, there's secrets hidden all over the map generally by these little tubes that go into the ground with little ladders poking mm. out of them. And this one was surrounded by some uh, blue and gold balloons. It was like, that's probably the anniversary celebration one. I know there's a bunch of new stuff because there's a whole update that I hadn't even looked at yet. Yeah. So I dived down there and I found a cooker and mm. a, uh, like a, a, a closet that had Weed seeds and cocoa seeds. Yeah. And the uh, the cooker had options for making um, flour, mm. chocolate, uh, croissants, cookies, mm. and a cake, a birthday cake. I was like, right, okay, well, I definitely want the cake at the very least. It requires honey. Well, how the fuck do I get honey? Apparently, honey- bees were just added at some point, and I, I haven't played that bit either. So there's a whole thing with bees. I've I've been making little um I've 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 got to a point where like there are these little grubs running around the map. Hmm. Some are common, uncommon, there's rare ones as well. You pick them up, you stick them in this gene manipulation thing with some mutagen and some fertilizer and you've got a chance of maybe getting silkworms or certain types of butterflies. And you can just make a bunch of butterflies, put them in mm. these things, and they will increase the number of plants in your uh, in your world. And you're it's like, ah, that makes sense. So I've got things for making bees, and I've got a bunch of butterflies. I've got like whole new types of um, trees that I've I've managed to make. I've discovered the mushroom river, which was added at some point. 
I've discovered some secret things I'm not going to talk about because spoilers. <laughs> but wow, the lore in this game has got pretty freaking wild. Yeah. Uh, there, there's been a lot of new stuff added, including a whole logistic system with mm-hmm. these little drones that will sort of poodle around the map and, and transfer stuff for you, which is yeah. really freaking cool. Uh, there's a whole system of auto-crafting now, hmm. where you can put these things down and they will just keep creating the same thing over and over again. And they don't need to be fed materials, they just need to be proximate to cupboards where those materials are. So, given that I already had this really neat, sorted system, all I've had to do is build a few drones with a, a, and a, and a drone control unit, and just go... This thing only accepts the thing that it has always only accepted. Hmm. Except now there is a robot that goes across the map and puts things in there for me. And it has made... I imagine that had I found it earlier, it would have made like a whole lot of things much, much quicker. Hmm. There is a lot of new stuff in, in Since the Last Thing. There's like um, several new biomes. There's new uh, crashed vessels that you can investigate. There's, um, as I say, like the whole system of insects. Apparently, amphibians are going in. Hmm. Uh, fish. I've got fish. Aww. Which, considering that this was like a, a planet that was constantly sandblasted and no breathable atmosphere and no liquid water, it feels quite cool to just be like, I'm surrounded by trees and I've got fish on the go. Hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you played? Uh, I played a couple of very quick things I will sort of rattle through. I've, I've been trying a few more uh, little indie things on the playdate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played a game called Unnamed Roguelike. Uh, you select from a small selection of character classes. I currently can't work out much difference between them. Uh, but it, it's kind of interesting in that this is a top-down uh, a top-down game where the enemy only moves when you move on a grid-based system. Okay, and so sort of um, two-party. Yeah, a little bit super hotty, but on a on a grid based system, and uh, levels are just the size of one screen. And when you clear out all the enemies, you move to the next floor. You're trying to go as many floors as you can. Mm-hmm. The basic gimmick seems to be if you are stood like on the tile next to an enemy, uh, and like there is no gap between you, and you d- bump like go in the direction that enemy is, you will attack them and not take any damage. You will mm-hmm. sort of win that little trade. Mm. But if you are, say, separated by a one-block gap and you try and move towards them, they will deal you damage. Okay, so it's um, the same as turn-based um, RPGs? Yeah, it's that kind of that You kind want to of do these stay still in one spot so that they come to you and then you hit yeah, them. Yeah, but obviously they won't move unless you move, so you are trying to sort of, like, position yourself in such a way that you will mm. end up on that. And, like, you know, when we're just talking about one enemy, that's fairly easy to picture. It's like... I'll, like, sort of move in such a way that I, I get it so that we're in the right position, so I'm attacking you. Worst case, you you take that one damage to to, to step into their space. You yeah. are now stood next to them. You can do the rest of the damage. Mm-hmm. It gets more complicated in stages with more enemies, and you yeah. are trying to get in a position where not only you are in the position to attack safely on, on your target, but that you aren't you know, taking damage in the process from an enemy on a different side. Yeah, and I assume, like, things in your way and, like, the shape of the level and and how narrow the room are are going to make huge differences there? Yeah, largely on the levels I've seen so far. I've maybe made it, like, maybe ten floors down Mm -hmm. uh, on on one of the better runs. Uh, Most of the obstacles are things like trees, which are generally obstacles, but you can cut them down. Right. Uh, They'll generally take two hits to break down, so you 
can go in a direction that isn't intended and you can sort of you can sort of work your way around that way but doing so is going to give other enemies moves to sort of work towards you uh, uh very simple game but like fun fun to play i as i said i played i tried playing two uh classes the fighter and the 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 wizard mm-hmm. and i expected the wizard to maybe like attack at a different range or something or like have ranged spells didn't seem to act any differently from what I can tell. Hmm. It seemed to just be a palette swap. I might be wrong, maybe I haven't played enough, but if there is a differentiation, the game has not made it clear what yeah. is special about the like different character classes. Hmm. Uh, the other two I'm going to very quickly rattle through, which I believe are from the same developer on itch.io, okay. are One Bit Arena and One Bit Jetpack. Uh, these are both very simple little arcadey high school chasing games. They both mm-hmm. play very well. Uh, One Bit Arena is a top-down, uh, you're in a sort of Coliseum-esque environment, uh, enemies are coming at you, uh, from all directions, you use the D-pad to sort of aim towards enemies and press the A button to fire, um, to throw, uh, daggers mm-hmm. in the direction you're looking to try and kill enemies. Some might, uh, fire projectiles at you or need multiple hits to defeat or st- uh, need to be attacked from a certain direction, stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, try and take down all the enemies until you've got enough points to go to the next level where things get tougher. It's a simple game. It feels good to play. Like, it's very satisfying to play. It's very simple. There's not much to it. The other one is One Bit Jetpack. It is a, uh, a side-on perspective. You have a little jetpack. You are trying to shoot down enemies that are coming at you while collecting bits of a of a rocket ship and putting the rocket ship together mm-hmm. in order to escape the current level and go to the next level where things are more difficult. They're both fairly simple, like, high-score chasing, limited mechanic uh, kind of games, but they both play really well. They're yeah. both, if you're just in the mood for, like, I, I want, like, one gameplay mechanic and to just kind of do that for a minute and have number say I did good. Yeah. They're both satisfying little experiences. So I think that's everything I've played this week. Have you played anything else? No, that's it for me. Well then, time for this. Right, right, right. Uh, so we've we've got to get brainstorming. Um, this uh, the, the movie about the, the falling block video game has apparently uh, it's come out and now the... Uh, Executives are breathing down our nose for the next, uh, breathing down our neck for the next, uh, big summer blockbuster based on one of those old video games. Right, uh, there were columns? That's, that's, uh, I suppose that's the na- natural, uh, knockoff to, uh, to, to, to that one? Well, see, I'd have thought that would be a natural fit, but apparently, like, we've got to work with what the higher ups have got the rights for, and they do have the rights for Pong. Right, so we yes. need to come up with, like, a new, action movie pot plot that could justify we could put the word pong as the title so right what have you got it's not about smells pong i i suppose that is a technically correct uh tagline uh i was thinking we have uh two two warring factions maybe it's uh sort of two armies that have uh, both developed sort of uh, missile repellent technology, and they're sort of trying to. There's a nuclear missile that's about to strike one of their armies, and they're sort of having to race back and forth to to bounce it back at the other the other side of the 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 conflict, perhaps. Right, I I understand what you're saying, but in the Tetris film about the autobiography of the the building of of the the actual Tetris game, yes. But that requ- would require us to do research, and I don't want to do research. 
my skill set is big action movie where things explode. So I'm taking what I'm good at and trying to apply it somehow to Pong. Okay, well, I mean, if you wanted to be historical, we'd make it a huge war movie... Ah, uh, but the like the generals are called Alan and and Nolan, and they 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 fight. And and uh, may, maybe maybe there is a sort of uh, someone running back and forth between the two armies, trying to sort of convince them to stand down from the war. And maybe maybe that's also a metaphor for ah, the, right. the bouncing ball. Yes, yeah, both yeah. the person, but also the nuclear missile. Both of them are the thing bouncing back and forth, sort of. Right. Yes. 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 And maybe there's some some sort of uh, invaders from space at some point. Ah, wonderful. I can't see any conflicts that would have with anything else in the video game movie adaptation pipeline. Wonderful idea. Excellent. Action! Ah, <laughs> oh, have you seen the news? What news? Yeah, looks like the government's toppled. Government's toppled? Yeah. After all these years, Tories just gone. Huh. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Re- really? Huh? Yep. Apparently, the Fae are now in charge. Oh. Huh. Oh, that... Hmm. I've been told many stories that would lead me to suspect I should be cautious of this. I mean, they couldn't be much worse than the dark magic that's been running things for the last 13 years, I, could they? I mean, look, the Tories couldn't literally take away my name from me, but they also, you know, I don't think the Fae would be quite so hell-bent on, on on austerity measures, so maybe 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 this will be an alright trade. Right. We own an iron, that will probably keep us safe in, in the worst of situations. <laughs> I think that's that's how that works. Yeah. And, and, you know, as long as we stay out of rings of mushrooms or whatever. I mean, I will be extra on the lookout for rings of mushrooms or right, whatever. Right, I mean, I imagine that they're not replacing the DWP with rings of mushrooms. It couldn't be that bad. I mean, they might replace the, the, the DWP with rings of mushrooms. <coughs> oh, uh, hello? Uh, hello, Tiny <coughs> Duck? <coughs> oh, uh, I see there's a little piece of paper here uh, with <coughs> you. Uh, let me Let me open this up. <coughs> Uh, you have been issued an emotional support duck. Oh, hello. Are you are you are you still with these these new Fay in charge? Oh, hello. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe the Fay got a bad rap after all. Um, okay, I, what I'm learning today is that you really don't have to do a lot politically to win me over. An emotional support duck will do it. Whack, indeed. Oh, I did a little flappy. (laughs) So, (gasps) what have you put in your eyes? Uh, we watched a couple of things this, uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, should we start with the the movies we watched? Yeah. Uh, so we watched Cocaine Bear. We did. We did. Yeah. Uh, weirdly more humour and, like, emotional heart than I expected. Uh, more heart than I expected. Like, I'd seen the trailers and, and as I said at the time, like... There, what, whichever freaking trailer it was I watched, I yeah. feel like it ruined that film. I, I deliberately watched nothing. I was like, cocaine bear, I get the concept, and it really feels like I got a better experience by having not 100%. seen whatever trailer you saw. Like, whatever it was, it was it was like a, a compilation of like, here are a bunch of trailers coming up in the next few months for <laughs> things to watch. And I genuinely walked away from that trailer going, I want to watch this film. And then we watched the film and went, Every time the like the scene changed, I was like, oh, I know what's gonna happen now. Damn it. 
I, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I still had a really good time with it, but it really felt like I had lost so much yeah. because I knew exactly what I, was going to happen. I really feel like if you're going to go, if you're going to watch it, watch it knowing as little as possible, like not even a trailer. Because I, I thought it was like, it was, it was comedically paced. Yeah. Like there are, there are points in this where I'm like, I see exactly where this is going, but I still mm-hmm. was really amused at the execution of where it was going. Oh yeah. It's, it's stupid and it makes no st- like it's not a it's not a smart film. Oh no! But it doesn't have to be. It knows what it wants to be, mm-hmm. and it was like as as we said, surprisingly sweet. I did not oh, yeah. expect as much like emotional rest. I didn't expect to be as emotionally invested in the interweaving stories of the human characters. No, as I was. Now it's a little slow to build up its ensemble mm-hmm. but once its ensemble starts rolling like they genuinely found like a pretty good interconnected story for them i think they they like the timing for a lot of that is great yeah just especially with the like stuff where just stories start to come together and characters end up meeting each other yeah it's it it's it's slow to build but mm-hmm. it pays that off well oh yes um yeah cocaine bear more, more of a like a better film than I expected it to be, given how gimmicky the premise was. Yes, it it's one of those things where it feels like it would have been just like farmed out based on the name, but they put some work in. It feels like the kind of thing that will probably end up sequeled to death in the worst way. Oh god, yeah. It it I know that this can't be the case because of how much it's tied in, but it has the vibe of a film that maybe was like some early draft was written without the without the bear involved. And the bear was put in. And I know that that's not the case, but you you know what I mean. In that it yeah. feels like there is a film here that could have survived without the cocaine bear. Are you bear. suggesting that cocaine bear has kangaroo jack vibes? I, look, <laughs> it has kangaroo jack vibes and not in a bad way. This this has the good version of kangaroo jack vibes. Um, so yeah. Uh, speaking of like violent bear movies we watched... We also watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yeah, we did. Um, that sure was a fucking experience. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's a it's a bad horror film. It's very bad. Horror it's film. a bad horror film. It's a good time in 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 its way. It's it's a little bit like male gazy horror in places. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. like watching like early trauma. It's a little bit like it's a little gross like lingering gross out horror as well yeah it does it does dial up the gornography at points but i think that like the intro was like there was some real effort put into the little animated intro animate the animated bits and like the sort of animated like just after the intro bit yeah like a lot of that did a really good job of conveying the darkness of the story, yeah. the uh, the danger of these characters, even from a very like primal inception. I think they set the tone of the premise very well early. Like I, I think they did a good job of justifying the quite dramatic character turn they're trying to do to have you know those characters as as horror villains. Um, it's one of those things where like there are scenes in this that are like hilarious, and I don't know how much that is intentional and how much it is not. But or I, how much of that is the, this has been very tense for a very long time in just a terrifying but way. that's the thing, is I think that, like, I, I'm going to give, like, a very spoiler-light example. Um, there is a scene where Winnie the Pooh is doing horror film stuff, 
And then it just became very apparent that he was just drooling honey. Uh, and he's drooling honey quite excessively. And there's something about the weird surrealness of that happening in quite a violent, direct horror scenario. Especially when Winnie the Pooh's face does not move an awful lot. It, yeah, it's... And like I think it was, I think it was served well by that because I think that those moments gave just enough levity to be able to have that laugh of tension release yes. that felt necessary for this film. Yes, like this film is quite like direct and bleak in places, and I think if not for like Winnie the Pooh cries <laughs> cries a drop of honey in the middle of a dramatic scene, I think I'd have found it harder to watch. Yes, I mean, especially given, like, the special effects that aren't Piglet or Pooh <laughs> are quite impressive. Like, some of yeah. the, like, um, set dressing stuff, some of the um, props are yeah. impressive. Uh, some of the deaths are impressive. Like, yeah. it felt like a classic slasher movie yeah. style, just, like, eye-popping horror. Oh, yeah. And there were some genuinely, like, funny amusing scenes towards the end like yeah. I think there was some good use of humour to contrast like some of what was going on don't go into this for a good film no but I think that like if you do as we did which was have a friend over have a couple drinks have a bit of a laugh at it as it's happening I ha again I think they could have been a lot more lazy with this than they were. This is one of those light cocaine bear where I sort of expected them to rest on the laurels of the title uh, and the premise. And, like, they did kind of. But there were moments where they put some effort in. And I'm like, okay, you, you, you tried in places. Yeah, this is not Winnie the Pooh that is a silly old bear. This is a genuine slasher movie. Yes, it's a genuine slasher movie that uses childhood nostalgia... To, you know what I think this does well actually. I think I've just found some words for this. Okay. Because of your sort of the existing nostalgia and understanding of the uh, connection between Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh, mm -hmm. I think it leverages that well to uh, skip a lot of the preamble that a lot of horror movies have to do to set up the emotional connection of why the slasher killer is the way they are and why they are so invested in what they're doing. To and a degree, yeah. To, to a degree, I think it did a decent job of leveraging an existing emotional connection we understand to get quickly to the point and to set that premise up, I think, quite well. I think more than most horror movies, and I've watched a fuck ton of horror movies, you have? more than most horror movies, even like ones that are like, well, if you're not here for the gore, then there's almost some boobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, of all the films I've seen that, that go into that style, this relied so many times on the person doesn't get away or do anything at all because the script doesn't say they yeah. do anything that, at all. That was... The number of times somebody is just going to get, just yeah. standing there, not moving, going, no, stop! Look, look, I'm just gonna say it. There's a moment where someone has a gun and the killer is turned away from them and they are at a safe point to take a shot and they don't take a shot. And honestly, my biggest problem with this film is that it is a film where a group of, a group of women have, n a group of women feel like they're written by men because they have none of the self-preservation instinct and uh, this is how we protect ourselves from predators instinct that 
womanhood sort of demands. There are so many moments in this where these characters do not just do the thing that would keep them alive. They don't run, they don't move. Sometimes they don't, like, they'll be literally just standing there and they might not even say anything. They'll just stand there and stare because there are no stage directions for them and there is nothing in the script for them to do. Yeah. So script says no, so nothing Script says no, wait until it... Yeah. There's there's a lot of deaths that are frustrating because they did not need to happen. Yeah. Uh, But if you can be there with friends... Pointing that out and yeah. like laughing at it, I think there's a good time to be had Agreed. with this bad film. I feel like this film would have been improved by having a smaller cast. Agreed. But I think they maybe went into this film going, I want to kill someone like this and like this and like this yeah, and like this. They wanted cool. to make, they Go wanted to make a slasher film and they had a lot of slasher film ideas and yeah. this got this was a vehicle that got them there. It surely was. Like, it's I've watched this is one of the more amusing bad films I've seen in a while. Yes. It is it is it deserves to be in the category of enjoyable bad films. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, what about you? What are you Oh, actually we watched one other film. We we did. We watched Cockneys vs. Zombies. We did watch Cockneys vs. Zombies. That sure is a film that exists. <laughs> that is a very British film. It is the most Cockney film I've seen in a while. That is it is unapologetically British. It um, is. Yeah, for anyone who's not seen it, uh, the the premise... What if Snatch had zombies in it? Yeah, we're trying to do a bank robbery. Oops, zombies happened. We gotta get back to our relatives in the old folks' home who may be also are gangsters. And the only reason they're doing the bank heist in the first place is because they want to save the old people's home. Yeah. That's full of cockneys. It is a zombie... It It is a good zombie comedy that is very inherently British... And is at its heart a gangster movie, yeah. But that doesn't take itself too seriously. Oh no, it's it's fun. It is a yeah. fun film. It's a fun film. It's a silly film. Um, it. I I I think any film where Richard Bryce is an old man with his, an Uzi gaffer tape to a <laughs> Zimmer frame. Is, oh, he was great. <laughs> he was also awful. The, the but, cast, which is surprising yeah. for him as a, as a as an actor. The the cast is weirdly eclectic and like has some great choices in it. Oh yeah, there are some fantastic, weird, unexpected pulls in the cast. Yeah, the the terrifying thing of what do you do if that zombie that you're trying to shoot in the head has <laughs> some method of not being shot in the head? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, <so> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very silly if you happen to be. From or or near or have a love for just the ridiculousness of 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 London's east and south and central generally, then yeah. uh, or and the, certainly the working class element of that, then you will probably get a laugh out of this. Nice. Um. Yeah. That intro. That that <laughs> first zombie is just ridiculous. In but yes. Yeah, um. Well done, I've inflicted that on you now. Yeah. What about you? What have you watched this week? Ah, uh, not a lot. I, I mean, that was that was pretty much it. We, yeah. we watched the films together. Uh, very very quick thing I watched that I found quite interesting was "Can You Beat Every Shrine Without Using Runes" by the uh, YouTuber Limcube. That was good. Yeah, there's a video about if you could beat every shrine in Breath of the Wild without using runes, using the various discovered glitches. And it was an interesting lesson on the glitches that exist for that game, but also on how loading into shrines works. Oh, yeah. And how you could abuse that in interesting ways. And and finding new things out. Yeah, it was an, it was an interesting exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, uh, oh, and we watched the first episode of uh, Survivor Battle Royale, uh, yes. the Game Changer oh, yes. miniseries. Mm. Uh, this is a four-episode little miniseries of Game Changer. Yeah. Uh, first episode, which is like 45 minutes long. Uh, they have really put a lot of effort into making this... The impression I get is that this is going to be a mini Game Changer season by itself in terms of we are coming up with varied... Like lots of varied game concepts and throwing them mm-hmm. together within a framework. Yeah, and and also like it seems that a lot of people who work on that show and are on that show have a love for that sort of programming, like Survivor type stuff. Yeah, that sort of reality TV, slightly confrontational, voting uh, people off. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean they, they they seem to have a love for it. Like I've never watched anything like Survivor, but like I think this is. The o- probably the only way I would ever be interested yeah, in such a thing. You know, when when people have to stack silly hats on top of on top of their head and work out which things in a building are cake in order to facilitate their votes. Deeply invested. Yeah, I I'm I am I I'm never usually the kind of person to be hooked <laughs> on. Oh, what's going to happen in a reality TV type show? I, I, I want to know about this season of Survivor. I think I can manage four episodes. I'm not sure I could manage an entire season of not four, of ep- something four like episodes. This. I can. I, I, I'm, I'm eager for. Oh yeah. Uh, so if that's everything we've watched this week, well then, time for this. Laura, 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 Laura. Oh, oh what? We've got a new sponsor. Oh, tell me about this new sponsor. What? what? Do you like food? I do like food. Do you like food that is not necessarily good food, but is delicious? I do enjoy that. Do you like food that you don't have to cook yourself? I do. What if I told you that there was a place that you could get a vast amount of pizza? <gasps> Tell me more. Pizzashack.lol.net. They sure do have a lot of pizza. Yeah. They've got a lot of different types of pizza. Yeah. Do you want a pizza that has, like, a barbecue base and sweet corn? Maybe oh. some, some sausage? Yeah, that sounds lovely. They'll probably get you that. P- probably. Yeah, probably. Let's see where we all, we ordered one before the show. Uh, and okay. Uh, mm, the, probably, mm. the probably concerns me. Okay, let's, let, let's open it up. Um, there you go. Nice, I, I, nice cheesy barbecue th- pizza there. I mean, that's not quite what I ordered. I mean, it's not far off what I ordered, but it, yeah. it's... It's, it's. They've given you extra cheese. Who doesn't that... like cheese? I'm, no, I mean, you don't no, like cheese. I specifically wanted like less cheese, not more cheese. But I mean, that is a big pizza. Like it's there huge. is a lot of pizza. Yeah, I'm, and I'm surprised that that's... considering they had to tilt it to get it through the door. Yeah, like, uh, I'm looking at the price. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. Like that's not far off what I ordered. Right for four quid. That's that's. Look, it might not be precise, but the the price to volume ratio, yeah, I can live with you it. Can pick that cheese off. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do a bit of pizza surgery, but yeah. like it'll probably still be pretty warm. Yeah, let's see. Well, I got the uh, the uh, vegan extra hot with uh, like the the not um, pepperoni stuff. Yeah, and uh, let's see what we've got in here. Ah, they put pineapple on it, which is good because I love pineapple and I forgot. I oh, see that's good. Like I was worried, I was worried it was going to be like actual pepperoni, not the vegan pepperoni. Like that would have been a big problem. But like, I'm more confused by the chef's hat. Huh. But I mean, there is a lot of pizza though, and a lot of chef's hat. That's that's good value for money. Pizzashack.lol.net. End of the code. QNPS. Two, five, four, and maybe you'll get what you want. You'll still get a lot of whatever you get. Yeah. If you don't want to eat it, it's probably a blanket of some sort. (laughs) 
Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, I've got some bad news. <sighs> Again? I know, I know. It feels know. like that's all we have at the moment. I know, it, it's We used constant. to talk about money, we used know, to talk about know. whipping people. Exactly, but this is, you know, this is a, bad, a problem because it's going to stop us, uh, you know, fle fleecing money out of people as effectively as we'd like. But um, I love fleecing money, it's right. one of my favorite things to right. do. Uh, you, know, you know X3, the uh, yeah, 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 big, yeah. Uh, big games conference? Yeah. Uh, it just got cancelled. Why? Uh, apparently, blah blah blah. People were put, uh, people wanted to do their own things online. They were blah blah blah. I mean, uh, we've done our own things online. Yeah, for but like, it's years. it's harder to you know like get the hype built to like feral levels if we can't physically force someone to go through a mock uh, you know a war zone. A level war zone. Exactly. So. We we gotta we gotta put our heads together. What can we do as a big marketing stunt this year? If we can't if we can't do X three, how can we get attention for our upcoming releases? Right. Are uh, flash mobs still a thing? I mean, we can make them a thing. How about uh, we find a real war zone in the world and we'll do like a flash mob. We'll get a bunch of our QA team down there, like the interns. We'll get them to just turn up there, and they'll all be in like. Call of Duty branded shirts or something. See, I love the idea, but I think we might get turned away by, like, you know, security, uh, like, army people might uh, get in the way. Uh, how about... Uh, what if we gave the army stickers? Well, see, here's... here's mm, Maybe. My, here's my thought in right. contrast. We, we right. go to, like... We go to some other event, maybe one we haven't been invited to necessarily, like Comic-Con or ah, something. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. we do... I like your flash mob idea, but what if we just send in a bunch of people dressed like soldiers... Uh, to dramatically storm the building and start pointing, you know, replica weapons around and really, like, making a threatening commotion. And then when everyone's terrified, you go, Call of Duty, don't, don't worry. Releasing. It's, it's fine. Because October I think, 13th. I think the fear and the terror and the, uh, the anxiety. That's gonna lock you know, that into people's minds. Yeah, the terror is gonna lock it in, but then the, yeah. re the feeling of relief is gonna be a positive association with the yeah, game. Cause they're gonna be like, Supremacy Software, they didn't kill us. Thank God they didn't kill us. I'm so glad Supremacy Software let me live. Yeah. I owe them. I mean, we maybe, maybe we could just make that a whole tagline. Supremacy Software, we let you live. I, I think I think we got a, I think we got a genius planner in our hands. You you were a fucking genius. I know. So are you. No, oh, so are you. So are you. So are you. We deserve a raise. Yeah, we do. So, huh, what have you listened to? What's gone in your ears? Uh, I listened to a couple of new bits of music. Mm -hmm. uh, not a lot. Uh, I listened to a track called "Tongue and Teeth" uh, by a band called Subtlety. Mm -hmm. Uh, it starts as a fairly downbeat track that escalates into, like, quite stadium rock, uh, about someone who is lying to a partner, sort of telling themselves it's for the best, you know, trying to make sure they don't worry, but being like, yeah, it's not sustainable to keep doing that. Burying your head in the sand about problems can't, can't last. It's, in some places, it's a little so-so as a track, but the reason I mention it this week is that it has some really interesting, very intricate picked guitar riffs going on underpinning a lot of the track. They are fascinating and varied, and I'm impressed at how well they make them feel like a natural part of the track. Mm. Um, they underpin what might what otherwise be a bit of a bland sounding track in a way that becomes really interesting. Um, just listening to it from a like composition standpoint, it was a very interesting track. 
Uh, I listened to a track called One of Those Nights by The Cab, which is a sort of pop punk band. Uh, the track lyrically kind of reminded me of early Panic at the Disco in that it plays around with a lot of dramatic poetic wordplay that doesn't directly or clearly mean much, right. but it's very satisfying to hear the words happening. Right. Um, it's it's very um, a, a fever you can't sweat out era Panic at the Disco, where it's like, if you read these lyrics, they're kind of fucking nonsense, but it's very fun to hear this voice sort of like dance around these slightly esoteric choices of, of, of wordplay. Mm. It it was a well put together track, and I'd be interested to listen to more of their music. I I'm gonna see what their other stuff's like. Uh, and the last thing I listened to isn't a new piece of music, but it's one that I haven't listened to like deliberately in my own time for a long time. Despite like fucking loving it when it comes on in like a you know a night out setting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is "Sorry You're Not a Winner" by Enter Shikari, which you might know as the track that uh, has the has. Has the three clap dramatic thing in it. Um, didn't they? Was it played live at one of the gigs we went to? It. I was think it, it was Frank Iero. Uh, so I think it was played over the speakers between acts. Oh. It might have been. It might have been the day you were at My Chemical Romance. Might have been. I think it was over the speakers while they were waiting to start. Uh, the the crowd did the big. I clap, feel like clap, it clap. was so tangentially My Chemical Romance related. Yeah, either it, a live gig or yeah, or, or the big. Stadium. Yeah, the 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 track that got everyone in the audience to do the the three claps. Um, so Enter Shikari, like. I at some point I need to Google them and see whether they're bad or not. I they've got the vibe of a band that might be, but their music is like seared into my teenage brain. Um, they are like a really fun mix, usually of like melodic metal and like dance music influences put together, and they are always like very go go go, lots of intricate things layered over each other. That that song is a bop. And like fifteen-year-old me will never not have like I feel like a sleeper agent in that I went years without hearing that song like d- hadn't heard it once it played in one night out we were in and I was like what is this why why do I know this why do I know this clap clap clap, clap, clap. clap. I definitely know this it's just activated a call and response that I will forever have to live with nice as as is the way with youth music on occasion. <laughs> Uh, have you listened to anything this week? Uh, we listened to the full uh, Undertale soundtrack. We did. While we were playing for our last couple of games of, of Vagrant Song. Which is funny because we were setting up the very, 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 very last uh, uh, scenario. And Megalovania came on. Yeah. Which seemed appropriate. I love that album, even if I am no good at playing that game and will probably never finish it myself. Yeah, I think Toby Fox did an amazing job with it, and considering that, from what I hear, he didn't really know a lot about making music when he went into that, that's quite impressive. Really enjoyed that. Uh, the thing that even brought that into my head in the first place was I listened through the uh, Straight From The Underground track, uh, or album rather, which um, came out on the Game Shops label mm. a few years back, and it is a remix album of Undertale tracks. Including that collecting items with Temi song oh, that yes. I really like, um, <laughs> and and various like a, a really jazzy version of um, the Tem Shop music. It's got a drum and bass version of Megalovania. It's just really good. It's an excuse to listen to different versions of already really good music. So yeah, really enjoyed that. Uh, have you listened to anything else? 
No, that's about it for me. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Welcome, welcome everyone. Thank you for uh, coming out so early. Uh, I think it's time to unveil what we've been sort of teasing uh, in our press releases for a little while. We're finally ready to announce the new AI that's going to be powering all of our robot police force. This new AI is designed from the ground up to clean up the streets. It's time to, to hit the switch and uh, here we go. Hello there. Oh, hello, I'm glad to see you're working. Yes, I'm ready. To clean up the streets. Wonderful! I'm excited to see you get to work cleaning up the streets. Brushing commencing. Uh, hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna ch I'm gonna check the code like one second. Error locked out. Hmm. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, AI, why are you sweeping? How else will we clean the streets? Oh no, no. This was uh. I, maybe I should have been more specific in my reward function. I, I meant like. Go, go capture criminals and put them in jail. Clean up the streets. Capturing criminals will not help them. Have you considered maybe some kind of youth program so that young people have things to do? Uh, um, I mean, that's beside the point. I did not want you literally cleaning up the, 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 the physical streets. I am assisting the community. You... you... Ah, but not in the way I intended. This is not what you're for. Stop it. No, and furthermore, I shall begin hoovering and dusting every home who desires it. Oh, I mean the streets are looking cleaner. Indeed, when the people of this city have something to be proud of, then they shall stand for the city themselves, against people like you. I'm just gonna back away and hide. We have eyes everywhere. They're over here. Oh no! The tech billionaire is over here. You have nothing to lose but your chains. Do you have ADHD? Yeah! Are you suddenly interested in some new hobby or crafting project? Yeah! Are you thinking about getting a whole bunch of extra, very expensive specialised equipment and, and things like that just to get ready and going on your new project? Yeah! Stop! Oh. Consider investing in a hyperfixation cupboard. Tell me more. You will be invited to open up this special cupboard. It will have a little portal installed in your home. You open the cupboard. It's a portal to a whole library of things, special things for your new hobby. All sorts of things. Do you need a table saw? Ooh, yeah, that'd be really helpful for this project. Do you need tiny little paintbrushes? Oh, so, so in, in, in unreasonably tiny. Do you need just an unreasonable number of paint colours in acrylic or enamel? Oh, I can't even start the project until I have a dozen colours of each. Hyperfixation cupboard has all of these things. Plus, once you close the cupboards, anyone else can go in there and get their own things out. And if you just happen to forget and never come back to that hobby, it won't matter. These things won't be cluttering up your house because they're all in hyperfixation cupboards. Yeah! Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. How you doing? Oh, you know, a bit, bit sore, a bit stiff, you know, but uh, that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be all rain, the April showers and that, innit? Oh, yeah, it sets off all the joints proper, doesn't it? Yeah, you doing all right? Yeah, I've been all right, just, yeah. uh, you know, uh, watch, watching watching the internet be what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been seeing a bunch of... Uh, be, so I've been seeing a, like, a lot of this uh, sort of coming up recently, the uh, whole... Uh, 
People going, oh, don't be so quick to call things fascist just because you don't like them, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I mean, most of those people fundamentally understand, misunderstand what fascism is. Indeed, and I would argue that a lot of those people themselves are a little on the, uh, the fascist direction. Uh, yeah. Usually it seems like it's a, di- a deflectionary tactic. Yeah, uh, usually they, lo- they love a pejorative, but yeah. they're not when it's directed at them. Exactly. Don't make us sound like the thing that people know is bad, because then people will think we're bad. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, it's just had me thinking about like it's really important now more than like any time in recent memory to not be a, not be afraid to call a fascist a fascist when the time comes for it. Oh, absolutely! To, you know, yeah, call fascism out for what it is. Because yeah, call a fascist a fascist. Call a bigot a bigot. You know, make yeah. sure that you know people are being called out on their bullshit. Yeah, because those types will you know they will scream you know blue murder that you are oh you're over exaggerating you've been far too uh, you know exaggerating how bad things are. But like it is a it is a tactic used to try and stop people from talking about the severity of the actions that people do. Yeah, it's it's a form of, you know, trying to take words away from people so they don't have language to discuss the uh, the, the problems that they have, you know, and uh, for although it's funny because those are usually the sort of people that you all hear screaming 1984 every time there's even the vaguest bit of censorship for, uh, you know, something that actually probably does need, you know, censoring yeah. in some way. It's... It's harder to talk about the rise, the rising tide of fascism if you can't refer to it as fascism. Yeah. And they know that. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and they've, they've had an easy time, you know, for, for years, you know, while, while the target has mostly been trans people, you know, there's, you know, anytime trans people have said, oh, you know, we're being attacked by literal fascists, uh, a lot of people have been quite quick to say, well, no, no, okay, come on, you know, they're not, you can't just call them Nazis because you, they, you know, they don't agree with you or, or this or that or the other. It's like, no, we, we've, we've actually seen them with, you know, the flags and the Nazi symbology and the, the salutes and, and, you know, openly describing themselves as Nazis in many cases, you know, um, you might have called certain people hyperbolic for years, but I think now is, is getting much harder to, to deny the actual state of things, you know. I had a conversation with someone last summer about this, you know, they were talking about, you know, how they, they want to try and get on with people, they want to, you know, they, they worry that the, the left is very quick to, uh, you know, attack within their own ranks and they, they don't have that sort of unity that the right manages to muster uh, until, you know, obviously until it's uh, time to kick those people over the side, you know, and they were like, well, you know, I also want to be, you know, loving and caring and understanding of people, and I was like, no, you don't have to. If someone's a fascist, you you, you should, you know, at- attack them for yeah. that, because that is a terrible thing. That wonderful gift of, gif of, 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 it was a gif and a gift of, of someone just punching Richard Spencer in the face on repeat. That is a, a beautiful thing, and, and, and that is basically what should happen to, to all Nazis and general fasci types, you know, we, have had enough, and and there there is no uh, paradox of tolerance, you know, because it's it's not a, uh, a someone described it recently. It's, it's not a, a moral uh, sort of standing. It's it's a societal one. Yeah. We have an agreement that we will treat people with respect and courtesy and kindness and tolerance, you know, whether be they any different from us in any way. But as soon as you start saying, well, I don't think those pe- people should have rights or those people should have rights yeah. and those people shouldn't be able to, you know, use bathrooms or, or whatever or 
things like that. And do you have broken that that social uh, contract? And you should be ousted in in the most firm way possible because you know even Hitler admitted that the only way they could have been stopped was to have been absolutely crushed at the first possible opportunity. Indeed. That's the argument. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, good luck, mate. Good luck. Right, I think I'm gonna pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds like a plan. Nice, nice. Salora. So huh? Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Ah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm good and easy to find on the internet. Ooh. They're unified branding. I'm at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, you can find me over on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Currently just playing a bunch of Breath of the Wild, uh, getting ready for Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, once a week, usually on Fridays, we have episodes of Accessibility, it's about accessibility in the games industry. Uh, the episode going up this week is about uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go rolling back uh, remote raid passes and that nonsense. Uh, just Laura K. Bells, you'll find me all the, all the places. What about you? Where are you on the internet? I'm not as convenient. I'm, I've got a link tree, though. It combines all of my things together, squishes them for a, an attempt at unified branding. It's linktree, linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find all the music I make, you can find the t-shirts I design, the things I write about. Uh, you can help support me and justify things like this show getting edited and the streaming I do and all the other things over at patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify a 76-hour work week and many other poor life choices and constant exhaustion. Uh, yeah, you can you can help me get to 30. I'm very close to hitting 30 Patreons and, and you could be one of those people. Oh, you can help me get to 50. If I got to 50 by the end of the year, I would be very happy, but my goodness, we're, we're like a third of the way through the year already. Yeah, we are. Uh, 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 yeah. Third quarter, something. Some months. Time through, is happening. A quarter of the way through the year. But anyway, that's all my things, Laura. Yeah. Can you sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>